This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, January the 19th and it's been revealed a mum from Sheppey who died when the car she was driving veered into the wrong lane and collided with a lorry was most likely distracted by her phone. Charlotte Buesden was killed in the crash on Swale Way last summer. Well, our reporter, Sean McPolin, has been at an inquest and joins me now. Firstly, Sean, remind us exactly what happened on the day of the crash. Well, 28-year-old Charlotte had just dropped her son off at school and was driving along Swale Way in Kemsley, near Sittingbourne. Um, that was on August 23rd last year. And that's when her Nissan Qashqai collided with the front of a lorry which was heading in the opposite direction at around half seven that morning. And what did police tell the hearing? Well, Detective Constable Bob Fursey described how the car swayed into oncoming traffic and that left the driver of the HGV no chance of avoiding a collision. Uh, he went on to say Charlotte's phone was found on the dashboard alongside a small magnetic phone clip and there was an error message displaying on the ITV hub. The phone had disconnected from an episode of Love Island, but there was no evidence of her sending any sorts of messages or using data on her phone just before the collision. DC Fursey added that she may have been distracted by watching the programme, or perhaps she was trying to reach for her phone at the time. And the court was also told about dash cam footage that was recovered. Yeah, that's right. And although the video from the lorry wasn't uh, particularly good quality, it did appear to show Charlotte looking in the direction of her phone, and extended her arm towards uh, where it was mounted. Um, Investigators also found that weather conditions on the day wouldn't have contributed to the crash, and the coroner recorded that her death was due to a road traffic collision. Sean, thanks ever so much for following the collision. Dozens of bunches of flowers and messages were left in Charlotte's memory. One friend wrote, You are too young, too beautiful and too kind to be gone. You are part of all my fun times. I have so many amazing memories of you. I will treasure forever. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a teenager's been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a man was stabbed in Rochester. The victim, who's in his 20s, is being treated in a London hospital following the attack near the entrance to flats in the Tideway yesterday evening. A 19-year-old from the town is in custody, along with a 54-year-old woman who's being held on suspicion of assisting an offender. Boris Johnson has told MPs he will not resign. At Prime Minister's questions earlier, he was again asked about lockdown parties at Downing Street. I apologise sincerely for uh, any misjudgments that were made, uh, but she must contain her impatience, Mr Speaker, and wait for the inquiry next week before she draws any of the conclusions that she's just asserted. It's understood more members of his own party have submitted letters of no confidence in him. If enough are received, it'll trigger a vote. Well, we're asking on socials today, if he does go, will Boris be remembered as one of the worst Prime Ministers? I've been having a look through Facebook to see some of your comments. Sam Vine has said, no, I would like to see how others would have dealt with a pandemic. Keith Nevels says, difficult to answer as there were some dire Prime Ministers in the 18th and 19th centuries. And when you look at our recent Prime Ministers, we've not exactly been blessed with talent. Also look at both front benches today, or perhaps not. Suzanne Penfold has added, no, I think whoever is in does good and bad. Tony Blair left us with a lot worse mess. And Veronica Blakey finally has said, absolutely, May took some 
been beating, but he's managed it. Well, you can still let us know what you think by leaving a comment. It's also going to be the topic of conversation on The Lowdown tonight, which you'll be able to watch via our Facebook Live from six. It's also been announced today that work from home guidance, COVID passports and mandatory wearing of face masks will be scrapped in England from next Thursday. And even earlier from tomorrow, children will no longer need to wear masks in classrooms. Latest COVID figures show 30 people died from the virus in Kent in the first week of January, and that's up from 18 in the previous seven days. More than 400 COVID patients are currently being treated in hospitals in the county, but cases have dropped by 43% in the week to last Thursday. Kent Online reports. The man in charge of an inquiry into the crimes of David Fuller at hospitals in Kent has promised to put the families of his victims at the heart of the process. The 67-year-old from Heathfield in East Sussex abused bodies in mortuaries in the county while working as an electrician. Sir Jonathan Michael says he's investigating how he was able to commit offences without being caught for so long and the implications for the country as a whole. While Fuller is currently serving a whole life term after also admitting murdering two women in Tunbridge Wells in the 80s. Police say they no longer believe a man who died following a hit and run in Margate was attacked before the crash. Investigating officers were looking at whether 32-year-old Phil Stovall was targeted before being knocked down in Caxton Road in Garlinch. They arrested two men on suspicion of assaulting the railway worker but have since released them without charge. A 40-year-old man detained on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving remains under investigation. The mum of a three-year-old girl from Sangate who was killed by her stepdad is calling for his prison sentence to be reviewed. 27-year-old Paul Marsh from Sangate Road in Folkestone was locked up for 11 years in December after being found guilty of the manslaughter of Jessica Dalgleish. She was rushed to hospital with severe injuries in December 2019 and died a few days later. Hannah Butler fears Marsh will only serve half his jail term and has started a petition. She's been speaking to Kat from our colleagues at KMTV. Well, originally, um, Jessica's nan, Casey, set it up and I've been sharing it and I'd wrote, written to the Attorney General um, regarding his sentence. Um, and yeah, so we've, we've had quite a lot of support, especially since it's gone to newspapers. It's gone up like a couple of hundred signatures in a day. And like, we've been, a lot of my friends have been sharing it because everybody just thinks it's ridiculous the amount of time he's got for what he did. He could be serving around six years in prison for what happened. What was your reaction to the sentencing? And I understand he's now put in an appeal. Yes, he has put in an appeal against his sentence, but I just feel like he already got such a lenient sentence. He was found guilty of manslaughter and child abuse, child cruelty. And he didn't admit to it. He never showed any remorse. But because he was a nice guy beforehand, he gets an easy deal. I mean, he was bailed after being found guilty for a month. I just feel like because Jess was disabled, I feel like they they don't treat her like she should matter. And she does matter. And like I wanted to avoid all this kind of, no offence, I wanted to avoid the press and all that because I, I just wanted to try and get on with my life where possible but I feel like I've been forced because nobody's listening I wrote to Boris Johnson and just nobody nobody seems to care and now how does that make you feel it's devastating because she was my world like she was she was an amazing funny little girl and just because she was non-verbal doesn't mean she was stupid she was very intelligent but she just didn't 
communicate it. She communicated it other ways. What's the effect um, been on you? Do you think the sent? Do you think because of the sentence, it's made it harder to come to terms with? Yeah, I mean, he never get. We never. I'm never going to have the answers because he's never going to admit what he did. To say that he didn't intend to hurt her when it was proven that he hurt her previously and covered it up by saying that she was headbanging, a behaviour that she'd had since she was little. And even the doctors believed that that's what it was until it was proven that that's not what it was. So I just feel like he did intend to hurt. He might not even intended to kill her, but he definitely intended to hurt her. So I just feel like his sentence doesn't reflect that at all. It just, it's a joke, really. Do you hope that um, ultimately this petition, if it gains enough traction, that it could actually help other families who find themselves in this situation moving forward? I wouldn't want any other family to have to go through what we've been through. Everybody who knew Jess was absolutely devastated when she passed away. And then to find out that it was someone I trusted, sorry, someone I trusted with her because I believed he was a safe person to have been responsible and just lied throughout. I don't even know what happened to her because he won't tell me. The Kent Online Podcast with Ballin Maidstone. Next today, and a man who's thought to have been involved in drugs crimes in Kent is being hunted by police in Spain. 56-year-old James Stevenson from Glasgow is wanted over the seizure of a tonne of cocaine and 28 million Valium tablets. It follows a surge of a shipment at the port of Dover and a raid on a suspected pill factory in Kent in June 2020, where Tom Daldall is from the National Crime Agency, which has today released a list of 12 wanted criminals. This is important because we're trying to identify and apprehend you know a number 12 fugitives from justice who we believe are in uh, in in Spain at the moment um, or at least travel to Spain on a regular basis uh, these are wanted for serious offenses from uh, violent offenses like uh, murder and weapons offenses to you know significant uh, drugs offenses uh, as well fugitives from the UK of course we will, we will look to uh, pursue them anywhere in the world where they may be, and we, and we do so through our international reach. Uh, in Spain, um, for quite some time, we've got quite a significant expatriate community that exists, uh, and we find that these offenders will seek to blend within those communities. Um, and of course, Spain is close to the UK, easy to travel to, uh, and uh, you know, is a pleasant people is a pleasant place to locate themselves. So our relationship with our European partners continues to be really, really positive. Um, we are part of the EU UK trade cooperation agreement, which allows us to continue to use a number of the uh, instruments and mechanisms that we've enjoyed previously. So we continue to be members of uh, of Europol. And in the case of uh, extradition, we have uh, replaced the former uh, European arrest warrant with uh, an alternative arrangement, which allows us, again, immediate powers of arrest uh, and um, short short timescales 
to bring people back to the UK. A man's been charged following several attacks on the same afternoon in Dartford. The 31-year-old's accused of assaulting two men in Dartford Road and West Hill before trying to rob an elderly man in Suffolk Road last July. He's due in court next month. A specialist hospital in West Kent for people with brain injuries and neurological disorders has been rated inadequate. Inspectors visited Hollandon Park in Hildenborough in September last year, their first visit since it was taken over by a new provider the previous October. The Care Quality Commission found long gaps between when patients received food and drink and recommendations made by dietitians weren't always being met. HMV is closing its large store in Canterbury and moving to a smaller building. The 6,000-square-foot shop in the Whitefriars part of the city opened in 1999 but will close for the final time today. Bosses have decided to downsize and are going into the former monsoon and accessorise units nearby. They should open at the end of February. People living in a village near Ashford say they've been cut off by roadworks while traders say it's costing them thousands. South East Water have been carrying out repairs on Modern Road in Pluckley. They're due to last another six months. £700,000 is being spent on replacing a 70-year-old water pipe. The company has apologised for the disruption, but say the work is vital to provide drinking water to the area. Kent Online reports. Chances are you may well have noticed that your normal weekly shop has got more expensive. Perhaps you've even had to cut back on some items. Well, today it's been confirmed that the cost of living has risen to its highest level in around 30 years. The technical bit has gone from 5.1% in November to 5.4% last month. Groceries, clothes, furniture, even perhaps staying at a hotel if you can afford it, are all costing more. And it's leaving many people struggling. Lorraine Schultz is from the Medway Food Bank. She says the rise in inflation comes as no surprise and she's been speaking to Lucy. We're just seeing the knock-on effects hugely here at Medway Food Bank with massive increases in the number of people that we're now um, having to support. We're dealing with 116% increase compared with pre-COVID levels. And last year we supported around 12,500 people. When I started in post about three years ago, we supported around 5,800. So just a massive um, increase for us. And have you seen a change in the demographic of people coming to you for help? Whereas before it might have been people who were out of work. Is it perhaps now people who are going to work and are earning wages? It's just simply not enough to pay for everything. I think we've always seen quite a mixed demographic, actually. We've always supported people who have been in work as well. Um, Zero hours contracts, low wages have affected people. There have always been people at food banks for those reasons. It's more that there's just a huge increase in the number of people who are coming to us. Um, We are seeing a lot of people who've never used a food bank before. They've never been out of work before, never applied for benefits before. So there are a huge increase in that. Um, sort of person coming to us but there are people who are working I had the really sad story last week talking to uh, one of our clients we ring all of our clients to check they're in because we're currently delivering food parcels to them she was a health worker she'd caught covid whilst nursing covid patients in hospital but because she was a bank nurse she wasn't going to get paid whilst she was off ill and she'd had to be off for four weeks Um, And as a result, she turned to us. She she said to me, I've never used a food bank ever. Should I can't believe I'm having to do this. I'm mortified and I will pay, you know, I'll pay it all back to you. I'll give you all the food back. Very sad story. 
that is awful. And I suppose it's it's a stigma in a way because you don't expect people like that to be using food banks, do you? Well, in this day and age in the UK, a developed country, we don't expect anybody to have to use a food bank. Um, we look for a time when food banks are no longer needed and we campaign alongside the Trussell Trust, um, of which we're part of their national network, to see an end to the need for food banks so that everybody has enough money in their pocket through um, systems from the government so that when crisis hit, there is a system there to support people. But yeah, it's shocking really, isn't it? That people who are trying to work hard, trying to support, she had a child as well, so she's trying to support her child, um, are finding themselves in those situations. Yesterday, I had another lady turn up first thing in the morning, um, and I said to her, where are you from? Thinking she'd say a school or a church. She said, no, it's just me. I've just brought this food donation. Um, she said, I had to use the food bank a few years ago, so I, I want to keep donating back to you now that I'm in a better place. And we very much hope for people to be in a better place, but it's just very sad that they even have to use a food bank in the first place. A little girl from Rochester has been given enough money for a life-changing heart operation. Leilani Acethorpe was born with a rare condition which requires surgery, costing £40,000. Most of it was donated to a fundraising campaign online with charities paying the rest. Leading architects from Channel 4's Grand Designs have been hired to build an eco-friendly house near Faversham. Hawks Architecture have been brought in by owners of popular country estate Mount Ephraim in Hernhill, who want a new ridged roof home in the grounds of an historic walled garden. At Kent Online, you can see what the four-bed property could look like, with plans suggesting it will go a lot further than simply zero carbon. And finally today, an exhibition about famous warship HMS Invincible, which influenced the design of Nelson's flagship built in Kent, is coming to the historic dockyard in Chatham. The vessel was built by the French back in 1744 and captured by the British three years later. It eventually ran aground and was wrecked in the Solent. It was rediscovered by a fisherman 43 years ago and artefacts on board have since been rescued. Diving deep will open at the dockyard in time for half term. Kent Online Sport. Tennis first and Emma Raducanu says she wants to build on her first round victory at the Australian Open. We told you yesterday the Bromley teenager had beaten American Sloane Stevens in three sets in Melbourne. Well here's some of what she had to say at the post-match press conference. I think that I went out there and I played a great first set. I mean, I executed my game plan pretty well and was making very little unforced errors. But of course, because Sloane is, is a great champion, I mean, she was fighting back in the second set and her defensive skills were pretty inspiring, actually, for me to try and replicate myself later on. Um, so we got into some long rallies and she turned it around and then in the third set I'm just glad I could regroup and and uh, make less errors again and play play some good tennis. I definitely wanted to go out there and, and start playing aggressively and start you know putting my game on the court. Um, I felt that I was actually just really enjoying my time here especially like going out to practice earlier you know I had quite a few people watching so I was really enjoying it and uh, I think that the crowd that stayed pretty late um, 
we were we were having a good time so uh, I was feeding off that for sure. She'll face Danka Kovinic of Montenegro tomorrow morning our time and in football Bromley have confirmed their manager has been given permission to speak to Gillingham. George chairman Paul Scally is currently in talks with several potential managers following the departure of Steve Evans. Bromley say they'll want compensation if their boss Andy Woodman leaves for Priestfield. Meantime Steve Lovell remains in caretaker charge of the Jills. Well that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.